drop a video show or listening to another episode of Shop Back Show, podcast all about front end web design and development. I'm Dave Rupert with me is Chris Coyer. Hey, Chris. Yes. Yeah. This is the edition where we accidentally talked for 20 minutes before we pressed the button. Yeah, we're coming so, in hot. Coming in hot. Coming it's in good. Hot. Yeah. It's good. Oh, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. worry. We are only talking about stuff that we can't talk about publicly on the air yeah, anyway. So don't even a, worry about it. Yeah, it's just a wonderful situation where uh, it's Chris and I's secret time before the show. <laughs> secret time. <laughs> secret time. Oh, so. sorry. I know you guys don't want to hear that. Let's talk about things that we we, we actually can talk about. This is a little follow-up from, from an episode before. I think you turned uh, like a micro conversation possibly into a full-fledged blog post which i frankly hope you turn out famous for because i absolutely love it which is the 15 minute fix versus the 30 day fix tell me that dave uh yeah i think is kind of the last show uh we kind of we're riffing on i think it called it the one month fix but i just was like you know it's 30 days makes a bit more sense yeah, in better numbers but yeah, oh, yeah and it yeah it rolled off the tongue the pros you know it's the, the the pros versus you get you get a chance to fix that on the blog um but I just kind of went through it and, you know, it's like you, you I, I think the tension's there and I, and I like was looking at my own project, Luro, you know, um, and I'm realizing like, you know, I, I was building an API, you know, I have a post API, get some posts or whatever. And then I was like, oh, I want posts, but I want like in the autocomplete drop down, I want the list, you know, I, but I only want ID and title. I want it to be really fast and efficient, you know? So I got, okay, I got to like have another point where I return less fields, right? And then I was like, okay, that's easy to did that. And then I was like, okay, now I want to do it, but I want to like list them just by categories, you know, just like, get a, okay, so I... So I'm just piling on these fixes, these 15-minute fixes, where... By meaning you're extending your REST API to have additional endpoints. Yeah, yeah. Adding endpoints, adding features, adding little params. You know, it's just little little one-liners. It's not illegal. It's not bad. It's just like... We're growing out of our pants a bit, you know, on Scope the on the creep of API action. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know, and it's not it's not wild, but the 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 I think the twist is, you know, it's like if we had sat down and designed a proper API and like got out pen and paper and, and you know, not that we didn't do this, but if we had like you know, it was like oh we need CRUD, so I'll just generate CRUD. So I did CRUD and create, read, update, delete. But but then if you and I feel like most APIs have something beyond this. Does that make sense? Like, like you need a little bit more than just those things. You need to like, you need some like get featured items or get, you know, s- you know, sort by date and stuff like that. So if I had sat down and just like with clear eyes and infinite time, I could have like said, okay, like, what is this actually going to need? Like, let's actually do a design, mm. you know, of the API. Would you have put, would you have V2'd it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like, like I, I it, and that's, that's the thing I think I come to in the post is I don't, you know, I have a bunch of these 15 minute fixes and I could have done the 30 day fix plus the extra 30 days of like, oops, I broke everything. I could have done that. Yep. Um, but I, you know, but our point, what we're going to is trying to learn, like, we just want people to use it and learn from it. And it, of course it could, everything could be better and anything. My car could be a Ferrari, Chris. It, it could mm. be better. Yep. It's just not right now. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a hand-me-down truck. So it's a nice truck. It's an F-150, but it's a good, but it's a, it's a hand-me-down farm truck. So like how, 
I, you know, you can always make something better, but I think like what I'm coming to the conclusion is I don't know that we made a mistake by doing a bunch of 15 minute fixes. I wouldn't say that, but you know, there, there is sort of like the, like, could we have head off a bunch of problems by doing a 30 minute fix on this thing early or 30 day fix on this thing early on. So, you know, mm, I don't know. You're right. And isn't it, it? So the point of this isn't that one of these is better than the other. It's just these are your two options. And sometimes you need to pick one and sometimes you pick the other. You're probably, you know, more like the 30 day answer is the right answer. But you don't you can't only do those. There's not enough time in the world to only do 30 day fixes. So you, you have to balance it. You can't I, I just you can't be a company of 30 day fixes fixes you know everything every project can't take 30 days you know yeah you, ha- you have to deliver things to customers you have to and i think there are situations like that where if you, maybe your company makes money hand over fist you're just you know like you got salesforce bucks and you're just making so much money and you can just take time to not you know uh, to think every situation through and maybe even if, if you're at like this base level of like API or some like, you know, design system that every department's going to use, maybe you do need to do everything's a 30 day fix, you know? Um, but I think most people are in situations where you just have to kind of like take the good and the bad, you know, and, um, figure that out, figure out which one you need. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I noticed the word. I have a couple of questions. One of them, as I know, this is this is philosophically wider than talking about a REST API. You're just using it as an example of something that mm-hmm. could get away from you, right? But just to scope it to the REST API for a minute, I noticed the word GraphQL didn't make its way into this post at all. Is that, <laughs> would that you, you don't have to come up with additional endpoints if you can ask for anything you want, Dave? You don't. The front end person doesn't. But me, the back end person. <laughs> does you know what i mean <laughs> okay like, okay i have okay. to build the whole the whole graphql appliance have to write all the resolvers have to write, you know like it's true you would have to make a internal thing that ultimately does the job of coughing up that data and making it available anyway so it's not that different than a rest api with a different no, url and like and then like oh surprise all the rest the graphql i wrote is just tanking the server because like you can absolutely get yourself in that situation in graphql like mm-hmm. what you fair know enough, like what do you do? so that's i mean it's like in a three person company with two designers guess who gets to write the graphql appliance me you know and and to be honest i like graphql but it wasn't like i i took like a whole workshop i did all this stuff like i it wasn't like my heart wasn't singing about it. I think it is very cool, but I, I just wasn't like, man, this is amazing. You know, <laughs> like I want to do all this work just to get rest differently. So, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. If you're if you're the f- the full stacker in charge of every aspect of it, I could very much see that as feeling l- less less transformative. I, it's I would- probably. No, I went thing. down the whole thing like er, in the early days um, of Luro, and like I set up a Hazara Postgres backend with this Hazara appliance in front of it. At the point where I'm clicking checkboxes to like build out a schema, I just was like, "This is so boring. This is real. Like, I don't like this. This isn't fun." Uh, you know, Superbase wasn't really around. I could maybe like 
got into super base more, but I don't think that would fit our final situation. Um, the, uh, the like, what's the, the other one? on the oh, other side using, or no? Yeah. Postgres. I am kind of yeah. going hard on Postgres. Just, I think it's great. It has JSON blob storage natively. Like that's really good. Yeah. Probably not going to regret that. I don't regret it. And it's like proven to be even better, uh, as time goes on. And, uh, I went, I looked at fauna DB cause I was like, Oh, fauna, mm-hmm. look, this new thing. It's awesome. Well, you don't actually, it's not actually SQL. It's like fauna QL, FQL or something. And so I was like doing all this and I was hoping what I wanted, what I dearly wanted, all these things work. If you have a, if you have a GraphQL schema on your computer, like already built, like, mm. and you can sometimes like show up and be like, here's my GraphQL, go build the database. That's cool. I didn't have that. I had nothing. So like building everything from nothing was not fun. So right, right, was, right, right. Yeah, I think of sanity in that way too, where they have their own like sanity QL to que- to to query their data, and they make these really strong points that their query language is better. It has cool stuff that it can do that other query languages can't. But there's no avoiding that. Now you have written queries that work in one place only ever. That's right. not, they're just very different. So there's a degree of lock-in to that, that just, that's fair. It's fair to say that if you go down that road, that you are locked into that data store. Anyway, that's all I have to say no, about that. No, uh, well, and do you want to be something that's like locked into something new or locked into something sort of tested, uh, tried and tested, which is Postgres yeah. in this situation? Um, yeah, it's old. And- you know, and there was, when we started the show, Postgres was kind of a question mark, you know? I don't know, man, mm. MySQL is really good, you know? So it, times change for sure. So I, I just want to point that out. But um, I, I think I just, yeah, it, it, when we had another situation, another 30-day problem, it was like we we were pulling in all this data and it was just like, what are we going to do with this? And it was just like, well, you know, it's cheap and easy is just spinning up a Mongo and dumping it into Mongo. Right. Mm. But then we have all these like Postgres to Mongo join systems in the code. And that wasn't fun. It wasn't fun to work with. It wasn't easy ergonomic or uh, it was like, Wow, so like, you've done lots of different choices here and ended up kind of back at old school town. I'm in old school town and I don't know, there's um you know, it's that it's that like uh choose boring technology. Have you seen that like boring yeah. technology website? It's just like and and you get what <laughs> I want to I want to do it justice. Uh boring technology, yeah, uh Dan McKinley uh and his blog is mcfunley.com <laughs> choose boring technology uh but then there's like a whole website for his like powerpoint um but he he describes these things as a or yeah it's boringtechnology.club but he describes these things as like these elon musk tokens right and these are your little genius credits right like i'm going to use this new age database you know and, and it's going to revolutionize the world that's one Elon Musk big brain token or whatever. And so, and then you count those up and all those, those things are potential problems. Innovation tokens, he calls them, uh, are, are going to be a problem possibly in the future. So mm-hmm. 
there's a reason like most websites you go to are rails and php uh with a mysql yeah. backend yeah. so i tried to round up some of this stuff i did an, an essay a couple years ago called simple and boring that doesn't have any it's not me trying to add to the conversation necessarily it's kind of like rounding up lots of other people's opinions on why why boring is better is your website running slow well, chances are it's images. That's why I'm glad uh, today that Image Engine is sponsoring the show. Image Engine is a CDN that detects the devices that are visiting your site, automatically optimizes the images, it delivers them through their global CDN so it gets to the user as quickly as possible. You get an image payload that's reduced up to like 80%, uh, faster page speed, faster core web vitals that's good for SEO, good for ROI. Uh, really uh excellent performance gain boost and you can get up and running in about 15 minutes so check it out imageengine.io and thank you for sponsoring the show okay so rather than talk about rest or anything anymore let's zoom out and say okay 15 minute fix first 30 day fix just to, to cap this up is there a world in which that you are so experienced so smart so you know prescient as a person as a developer as a project leader as a project manager as a product owner that you always get this right that you know when to pick the 15-minute fix over the 30-day fix and that you're just kind of good at it and that you that's how you operate your company is you you just you just know or is it is it a freaking coin toss you know or somewhere in between that's a good question i mean i i think it i think like seniority helps like you've seen a lot of situations you've seen people you've seen crashes and burns you know um you've seen projects fail but that also can be very contextual to the situation was, you know, was management all bought in? Was there budget? Was there, you know, time, you know, is the backlog adding like, like reverse pressure to like finish this way too quickly or something like that, you know, um, that's, those are hard questions, you know, um, and, and that those dynamics change over time too, you know, like, um, you know, I, I think like, you can easily say like, this is a 15 minute fix, but you might be saying that purely because you have a backlog 10 million miles long and you just don't have time or budget for the 30 day fix. You know okay, what I mean? So it's so, not just like only experience based. It's also looking at the world in front of you based. I think, I think you have to kind of say that, you know, I, I think there are like, are there people like smarter people? Like if I had Alex, uh, from CodePen here to on my team. And, you know, he would probably be like, he probably has enough experience to be like, well, you know what? Like, if, let's build the API this way. Like, and it'll take like twice as much time, but like we can at least figure it out. Like it should be better going forward. I think like only through experience can you, and hopefully expertise and skill, like somebody is so good that they know kind of all the 10 problems you're going to hit. And guess what? You can just kind of like, we can just build it maybe quicker because I know all the problems already. So maybe I think there's like some skill and expertise ahead of two, or 
I don't know, man, maybe somebody needs to make a chart. Like, <laughs> like here's things you're going to have to build, like a user system, uh, you know, a REST API <laughs> or an API, a GraphQL. Here's how you do it, and here's how long about it's going to take, you know, or something. So, Or just use this, you know. I think about something like Strappy or something, you know. It's like a really visual GraphQL API builder and stuff like that. Maybe that would have been cool. Maybe I should have spent more time figuring that out or something. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I I do think there is some value in, like, code-written schemas, whether it's GraphQL-bound or just documentation or somewhere in the middle. That's like once you have that, it kind of opens some doors to choosing storage that fits the schema rather than being like, okay, I don't know, like, yeah, pick the pick the storage and then deal with how it works. One of my innovation tokens, bing, my Elano, Elano bucks, um, was spent on Prisma IO, Prisma IO. It's, yeah. uh, for lack of a... you liked it for a minute. Yeah, I, well, I hello-worlded it in Redwood. It's like kind of core to Redwood. Oh, it's part Redwood. of the Redwood world, yeah, yeah, world. yeah. yeah. But I, but it works on anything. But it is a JavaScript, basically active record for JavaScript. If yeah, if you want with to migrations, right? Wasn't that kind of migrations clutch? is the key part. So if I add a field like I have to do today, <laughs> if I add a field to the table and I send it out to my test database, my dev database, and my prod database, guess what? It just automatically upgrades those databases. I don't have to manually hop in like. Hopefully, Dude, your startup, you're going to have a lot of freaking migrations. I'll tell you what, that's the name of the game in the early days. Well, and, and then too, like I, you know, I, like I have to think about people and supporting the environments. Like if Trent or Reagan pulls it down and tries to stand it up locally, is it going to stand up, you know, or can they fix it with one command? They don't have to, like, I don't have to be like, okay, let's hop on a screen share and add a, add a, whatever URL column to your database, you know, your <laughs> post table, you know, like, uh, like yeah. yeah, that, cause that, again, that's another 15 minutes for me, you know? So it starts piling. So the one innovation token I took was, was Prisma and I'm pretty bullish on it. I like it a lot. Oh, you're running it now. Running it now. And so oh, it, it's all good, good, cause, good. Cause you can just go, it'll run, it'll do the migration. It'll like stand up, it'll tear down. It, it um it can even does it help you is this giving away too much do you do you want to i have a question about a thing called terraform which you're using because i'm you're also using, using terraform yes okay so this innovation is, this is something you're willing and <laughs> talking about yeah it's interesting so it's a little bit of whatever code as code you know infrastructure as code slightly right you can run a cli command and it'll go boop 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 up some up some infrastructure what that gives away is that you're spinning up infrastructure on behalf of other companies, meaning that these databases that we're talking about, because you're talking about Prisma, there is not one of them. There are many of them, right? Right. So if you have a, if you offer a change to your core software, you're not just going to boop it once. You need to boop it for every client, presumably, because I think it would be probably a little nightmarish to run different software for different clients, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like a white label system. Like each customer will get their own kind of white label install, if you want yeah, to think of it like that. 
very smart, I have to say, because that means if you're offering to put it, install it behind their firewall and stuff like that. That's enterprise bucks. Do the enterprise dance enterprise because that's hard. Money yeah. <laughs> is better than normal people money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like that's sort of a situation we're looking at. Like we've had potential customers straight up tell us, like, if we run this, it would have to be behind our firewall one hundred thousand percent. Like we cannot. Like and so that sort of totally understand drove some of our decisions. for that at CodePen, and I'm like, no, because we're just super not ready for that. That's a decision that you'd have to make, for example, at the beginning of your company, or be super willing to make that the thing that you're doing as a company later. You know, like right, it's right, not right. just a that little bonus little add-on. I'd say for most software, it's not like know? here, copy the Docker file. It's not quite that. You know, it's it's kind of a bit of effort, but, uh, but infrastructure. And so, yeah, like we've, we basically have like, so each customer will get their own white label instance. That's their own database, own S3 bucket mm-hmm. own server, you know, uh, and, and that's like a Docker with like, could be multiple servers, could be like, you know, a node server, an API server, but right now it's just one server. Is that true though? Do you have to, uh, let's say you decide you're going to add a, whatever URL column to some particular table or something, this might be too early to say, but are you gonna you gonna run it locally, make sure it all works, and then probably revisit all of your installs and boop it? Yeah, basically, like like kind of right now how it works, and this could be more automated, but we also don't want like we probably need a lot more testing to like auto deploy to every customer. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, you don't even have to auto. I mean, we have a just for food for thought for you. We have an admin, you know, like a screen on the installs. And you go, click, click, click. Yeah. yeah, you literally you click them. Yeah, click, click, click. See, that's that's probably where we're headed, and I'm started already thinking about that. But again, I have to build it, so <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> right It'll now. Be a minute. Just, right now, it's just me. So <laughs> old old Dave's got an issue. Cute. I got it. Um, I got it. I got it. I know. I'm. I'm um, like. We're doing a little inside baseball stuff. But, but the, so like Terraform is actually very cool for this. And somebody had brought it up in the Discord. Like they're just like, you know, I have whatever these five WordPress sites that, you know, for different customers and like occasionally I have to spin one up and it's like, and Terraform is really good for like setting up an environment. If you're just like, I need a server and an FTP and a, or whatever, you know, like I need, I need these five things. Let's boom, let's go set them up. But there's also like kind of, you know, with GitHub Actions and everything, you can kind of create a deployment story that where that code can kind of go out to the server too. And so we're using Terraform to kind of basically build out the infrastructure, and then um, and then we're we're deploying that all through GitHub Actions. And so right now I have to kind of do a manual command to like deploy stuff. But like you're saying, it could be a UI eventually. Um, mm-hmm. But what I like about it is. I don't have to <laughs> like, I don't know. That's like, it's just what I like about it is like, I can like, okay, Hey, let's try to fix a problem on the the dev server first, you know, the dev prod or whatever, QA, whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah. let's go try to fix that. Let's deploy it to that first. See if it falls over, see if we get back what we expect. And so, cause there's, I mean, you know, in, in SPA land, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. whatever, like sometimes the error tracking is opaque, you know, it's like, you got a 500 error 
And you're like, mm. why? You know, like why? what, what what's yeah. going on? You go to the logs, nothing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, that's peculiar because I just had an error. And so I'll tell you, it's even worse in GraphQL land. So if you already don't like that, it's only <laughs> whoops. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Like it's just, anyway, it's, that's the thing too, is you're just like, like your innovation token gets spent on. Now you have to kind of figure out why the innovation machine yeah. is broke. And so I'm trying to be very tactical on those choices. And we had, we spent token, we spent tokens on, on, um, how many tokens do you get? Five? I think if you've got Two. five innovation tokens, you're probably doing a lot. Like you you probably yeah. have a lot of potential. So like two or three. I think two or three is like a good budget. And one of them, we were doing like Netlify serverless. And like every client would get their, their own basically Netlify instance, serverless functions, boom, spin oh, up. It kind of sounds good. And it, and it was good until it wasn't. And we had like background uh we had stuff we needed like cron jobs, which Netlify supports now. And that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, but as of like two weeks as ago. As of like right? two weeks ago. And that would still probably fall under the innovation token, you know? Um, yeah. And then uh, there was another one, just like long tasks, tasks that take more than eight minutes, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so it was just kind of like, and I think maybe actually fix that, like it wouldn't take that long, but but it's, you just got to think about that stuff. You know, it's just like, um, like, so and if you go boring, you just have a boring server that probably doesn't have those limitations. Yeah, because we we went from like having like six servers: this Mongo server, the Node server, the the Netlify functions, the uh, the that's a lot Postgres really? server, the um, and then the Netlify site itself. What else? Like Netlify and then the S three bucket. Yeah, yeah. Oh, S3. Ooh, that's six. We had like Ooh. six like pieces of the puzzle and now we're down to three a node server s3 bucket and a postgres feels mm-hmm. good feels better a lot less machines breaking down and so yeah uh, you want low buckets that's we for want sure low buckets and low innovation tokens i i still obviously still bullish on netlify uh like still love it very much and and everything else we are doing is basically on netlify but um but it was just one of those situations where it was like I'm hitting enough of a pain point where I can't do it on Netlify. And now I have three other things. So I'm just going to try to mow it all down. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I so. wonder how it seems like not, this is, this is not true, but certainly content focused sites will excel on Netlify and you can absolutely make functionality and stuff on top of that. But I wonder if that's a little bit of a sweet spot. And if your thing is only exclusively like a web app, that the the Jamstack thing is a little, just, it's just a little harder to pull off, let's say, you know? Yeah, I mean, I could see internal tools. Like if you have a, you know, like a receipt <laughs> uh, filing machine or whatever, you know, like, and you just want to build a little UI for it or something, boom, like you could make a, like, that sort of like these internal tools work really well. Um, I think there's a lot, a lot of, we got very far with Netlify, but it just turned into a situation like, Hey, I think for everybody, Sandy, we probably need to back out of this just to, you know, we're hitting like function limits on uh, like we have puppeteer in a, uh, in a, a function, right. A Lambda function. The limit on Lambda functions are 69 megabytes. And Puppeteer with Chromium is 66 megabytes. 
So if you see anything else shows up, like the, the Prisma wire. client, which is two megabytes, you're skating on thin ice. So you can't NPM install your problems away. So like, so mm. we, there was just tiny things like that. We were just, you know, running into it. And so, but hey, we're in better shape now. Interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't encourage you to flip this boat, but we've chosen Palumi as the uh, as the Terraform alternative. Palumi has some, yeah, P U L U M I. It's very similar to Terraform. Of course, they both they both consider themselves better than the other. So a little hard to oh, determine. Yeah, I'm probably Mine's not your better. guy. Oh no, this yeah. seems this seems cool. I mean, th- you know, there's also like. Um, uh, begin, you know, was was like uh, uh, mm, that's yep. like another like infrastructure as code kind of thing, which is really cool. Um, there's, but you could even maybe we could maybe even do it through Kubernetes, you know, like just like we're putting up a Kubernetes, whatever that is, up, you know, that's kind of like the series of Docker's, right? But like we could, yeah, theory, but but you still do your Palumis to your Kubernetes, or whatever. You put your Palumis yeah. in your Kubernetes, and then. What is it? Uh, what was that thing from like weeks ago? Like biz is faster than uh, ES build yeah. or whatever. <laughs> What's worth knowing about this, I'll just say for the audience's sake, is that first of all, we're talking about infrastructure as code. So if you want a server, rather than go- logging into a dashboard and clicking deploy me a server, and then you just like copying out some keys to some other code or something, but there's no connection between your code, like in GitHub and the servers that it run on, that's like starting to be weird and the wind is blowing in a direction that the code in GitHub says what kind of servers that it wants and needs to run on. It, f- it feels like there's just a movement in that direction. But more importantly than this, there becomes a scale in which you literally have to do it. And this, Dave, this is going to apply to you. If you want to be SOC 2 certified, which is a big deal, there will well, be companies in your future. Path, yeah. Yeah, there'll be companies in your future that say, we can't use you unless you're SOC 2 certified. You need to have code as infrastructure to be SOC 2 certified. Wow. So you, like, you, ha- you have to do this. Hey, you don't, I'm doing It's that. not a choice thing. So good. You're get, you'll get that one for free. And there's all kinds of cheesy stuff. There's like, do you have, is there a lock on your office door, Dave, in your shed? Because if there's not, you're not SOC 2 certified. So I make do, sure but, you put a lock. But the lock is attached to a giant glass window. Is that, uh, is that wrong? <laughs> Just don't say that. <laughs> oh. Jeez, now you're on the record we'll have to strike that it's an oak door it's an oak yeah. solid oak door uh <laughs> very danish modern so yes yeah, yeah very strong so we got it off a medieval castle yeah jerks yeah it's got spikes <laughs> yes this episode of shop talk show is brought to you in part by memberful memberful is software to help you sell memberships to your audience like what would your business be like do you need to build this This is an awesome way to build a business but memberful is for you the developer to build this is a whole package of tools to make you know building whatever kind of membership business you want to build possible you know and it handles all the hard stuff you know it'll take payments with stripe for secure payments you know you don't want to write that from scratch use memberful to help with it there's a full-on graphql api which user is it what access level do they have all that type of stuff webhooks oauth single sign-on you know how do you you're gonna have to build a a login process and account creation process. Why write all that from scratch? It's just built into Memberful, this complete package for dealing with membership stuff. It's so great. Let's say the home base of your website is WordPress. There's a best-in-class WordPress plugin so that you can 
control who's able to see what and where the upsells are and all that stuff. Really tremendous. Handles all those transactional emails, so much of that. It's just everything all bundled together. You can get started for free. There's no credit card required. Just think about it. Like if you're a smart developer, you're not writing all this stuff from scratch. You're leveraging other software that does what it does best so that you can build the integration of a membership website perfectly. Thanks for the support. Memberful. Speaking of some Discord conversation, um, where was I going to go with that? And Nick Chan wrote up a My White Whale, finding a use case for Will Change, which I found good. We mentioned it on this show, so it feels like follow-up a little bit. And how how I just wish, as somebody who's written an awful lot of like developer documentation, that there's not like a code pen example of Will Change that's just super dumb easy. Mm-hmm. That you're like... If the, that like if you do it like this, it's slow. Look, and then look, you put will change on it, and it's fast now. Because the point of will change is that it's supposed to help the browser be more performant. Right. So like, why right. can't I see a janky example and then put will change on it and then see a smooth example? It's like not a thing, and it annoys me that it's not a thing. And apparently for Nick, it was too. But put together a little demo that happens to just work in Safari where it's a little background that shifts over something on hover. And then as you unhover, the background slides away. And in Safari, it leaves a little nugget of color behind. Yeah. It's very easy yeah, to replicate. And you're like, what's like... with the little, what's the dingleberry of color there? What's going on there? And then you put wheel change on it and it goes away. So it's a use case. It's reduced, reduced use case, you know, so you can at least do it. And wheel change actually does the job. Uh, which is pretty cool. Then the Discord came up with some other use cases. I think Alex did a did a marquee like example that you could you could provably see how it gets janky at the end of the animation. Boom, you chuck will change on it and it fixes. So a couple of examples, but those are like you know, like I said, like Dingleberry examples. They're like, oh, the browser just borks on rendering. It's not whether it's performant or not. It's a rendering glitch, like a bug that it fixes, which is not what will change is supposed to do. I would anyway. love to see like a, like a FPS meter, you know, like doing this little animation is, it is choppy in eight FPS and put will change on it. And it's fast, you know? So maybe, maybe somebody, I don't know, can get the knobs out. Old knobs. I know what you mean. Yeah, that's good. The little, I like the idea of an FPS meter because it could it could seem like, oh, because I'm down with a reduced test case that says at the top of the reduced test case, open this up on a, you know, Android 5 phone or whatever, because I understand that the reduced test case might not work on my literally the best computer that you can buy with money today. <laughs> right, right, right. So, like, I get it if it's if it's smooth both ways on mine. Um, anyway, awesome. That's, yeah. Let's see. That's kind of funny. Cause I, you know, it's that thing. It's like, it's actually, I've noticed with these M1 Max, it's hard to diagnose performance problems, you know, like Indeed. Yeah. running lighthouses on client stuff and they're like getting twenties and I'm like, Oh, that's weird. It looks fine to me, <laughs> but, but you know, it's cause I got this really super computer and it's just chewing through stuff. I mean, like I don't know. I, I was start, started wondering if like Vite and all these new things, like my Mac's like hot. 
it's 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 hot on the bottom in even the M1, you know. And so I'm just wondering, like, is right. it is it like, uh, a, a, am I really using it here when I do like ES build and all this stuff or web packing? And um, I mean, it's going fast, but I, it feels like I'm burning some energy because my battery only lasts like half what it should. So there's a this coming Tuesday. So I guess one day after this drops and podcatchers and probably people might be listening to this on the same day because you're who knows. But March 8th, it's an Apple event called Peak Performance that's uh, I'm worried about because what if they drop an M2? Then I have to start my guilt cycle of not having the best computer that I think there is possible to buy. Is, uh, I've heard there's an M2 um well, whatever. It feels weird to talk about now because it'll be announced after this is done or whatever. Oh, I know, but, I know. But yeah. like, I've, what I've heard about the M2 is uh, it's good, but it's I don't know. I I, I don't know. I've heard it's maybe good, it's but four it's, different devices. But it's not like go buy a new computer. Good. That's kind of what I'd heard. Mm. But but there's some uh, there's been people talking about that it might be an iMac, which an iMac is only plugged in all the time. Ooh, and as okay. far as I understand, these M1 chips is like they're so amazing, but they're designed to work either with power or not. You know, they're flexible on how much juice they have access to, and that's a trade-off. But I could imagine a chip being designed to be powered at all times, so it needs to be like a little bit less concerned about energy consumption. I mean, I'm sure that's always just to some degree a, a consideration, but if you want to design the smokingest fast chip ever, it'd be pretty cool to design one that didn't have to worry about a battery at all. So maybe the chip is designed specifically for say iMacs, Mac Pros, Mac Minis and stuff that literally have a power cord. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Hmm. Did you see that uh Edge is Edge is sliding up over Safari and I desktop do hear usage that worldwide. News and I feel like uh, I deserve some credit um, as a <laughs> bit of an early adopter on Edge. So high five to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good that which is it's a big significant number to ten percent some in thereabouts. Right. I mean, you know that I think I think that's good. Um, I mean, Edge to me is still the best like chromium based browser for me right now um mm-hmm. uh but you know you get all uh, it just is uh but i think uh i that's maybe good for competitions maybe that's what we wanted to happen you know it's 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 we yeah the battle of the chromiums feels like it's going to happen at some point yeah i mean it, a browser is going up that that's like good you know what I mean? Like, like uh, I don't think they're stealing from Safari exactly, but um, but a browser is going up. And you know, on that note, my my wife just got a new Mac, got got a little oh yeah MacBook Air because she she checks tennis oh, scores computer day. religiously. Fun, yeah. My my wife Damn. knows my wife knows the tennis like every person in Austin's 10 and every woman in Austin's tennis record. That's, that's my wife's super skill. She, she, she's a hawk on these stats. It's like her ESPN. I mean, she's just like, she's got every woman who plays tennis in Austin in her brain. Like out of, out of love for the game or is she into like DraftKings? Does she, does she throw, throw a few bucks? No, no, that'd be awesome. It's all, it's all like whatever, uh, like amateur tennis so but she could maybe like 
Oh, I don't know if you can bet I'm on saying, amateur like tennis. I, I got I got my got my DraftKings right here. I'm not encouraging the use of this. You know, I'm just saying if that DraftKings wants to sponsor the podcast. We could encourage it. <laughs> <laughs> I like to throw my little five dollar bets on stuff, and sometimes the the fun and this is purely recreational. And I don't encourage gambling in general. I and I don't have a problem. I just think it's fun, and I'm an adult, so I'm allowed to do it. Is is to bet on things that are happening right this minute, right, right, you right. Know? And tennis is all always. There's always tennis happening oh, at all times. That could be fun. Then, so you can, yeah, you just throw five bucks on somebody with the spread and and see how they go. You know, no, that's fun. I, you know what my family does? Can I tell you a game? A game <laughs> that my family does. We do we do micro betting, like yeah, like so somebody let's say it's football, the the sport. Um, so we basically say like like one dollar they'll get a first down. And everyone oh, dude. and everyone says, Yeah, yeah, I'm in, you know? And then I'm in, they throw their dollar they down. They throw in uh, either against you yeah. or like no way, you know, and then like you divvy it yeah, all up. Yeah. Or like you're like you just set like a, a line, like they're gonna score this drive, you know, and then you can either bet yep, against yep. it or for it. Just one dollar bets, boom, boom, boom. And like so you're betting literally like seventy times a game. And oh my god, I wanna come to your <laughs> this is what we did for gathering. the Super Bowl. Yeah. I had a stack of ones for the Super Bowl. I was at my buddy's house and it was like the next commercial. But it's it has it's either going to be yeah, <laughs> pizza yeah. or a phone, oh, good. or it's yes. going to be like for for mobile thing, or it'll be like you know on the next drive it'll be they'll score but it won't be a touchdown and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And you throw a dollar and then you there's little post-it notes because you'll never remember because there's like twenty bets going at once. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the chances are people leave with the same money they came in with because there's so many bets. It's like oh, how do you lose? In, in like you, the chance that you're going to win is like pretty like. I don't know, like, whatever. You're not going to – you can take a first it's down. 50%, it's 50%. Let's say, yeah. yeah, it's just every time. <laughs> so, like – It just is an opportunity to talk smack for two hours that I love it. Well, and then, like, whoever, like, your little nine-year-old cousin just has a fat stack, just has, like, 52 <laughs> ones, doesn't know what to do, but they're just sitting there. She's just, like, got – just. Got a grin on her face, and you're just like, yeah, I'm coming so for you, Dylan. Yeah. You know what, Dylan? I'm, gonna, I'm taking that money back. <laughs> go to the yeah. ATM. Let's go, to the- Dylan. I'll bet you. I'll bet you a dollar that they hike the ball on the next play. <laughs> yeah, Dylan. I, oh, I won, Dylan. Oh, I bet you buddy. a dollar. Uh, your hand is uh, bigger than your face. <laughs> anyway. Oh, sorry, you lost. Oh, sorry, buddy. hey, sorry. That's one buck. Yeah, you got me. So anyway. Oh, that's the way to bet. That's the way to it's bet. It's just right? dumb keep it fun. keep it out of the keep it all keep all the money in the family. Yeah, keep it you know, out of the casinos. You don't need a casino for that, but Yeah, but, I know. It's not healthy. It's not but healthy. The but the DraftKings is kinda out. That's there's some that's fun to put. I'm not gonna defend it. I just have it on my phone. What else do you want to do here? We have just a few minutes to do it. We don't really have a lot of questions in the bank, I don't think. So please, uh, please send in what you got. We love those. In fact, we wrote code to <laughs> to make that whole system work, where it comes in via WooFoo form, which then hits the Notion API and makes a card with your name on it, and it goes into a database, and that we can drag your card onto the show, kind of thing. And but. I'll tell you, Dave. It's not. Uh, it's not 2013 anymore, where where the questions filed in like like nonstop. You know, the show's numbers are up, but there's some kind of a 
questions have slowed down a little no bit. No one has questions anymore. That's uh, incredible. I think I think we solved all the questions, so that's good. PRL oh. did write in, though, with one this week that was asking about Kirby CMS. You remember that? What was it? What was that name? Sebastian Bastier or something? That was the, the guy behind that. Still works on it, I think, and it was kind of a... It was kind of an interesting take on a CMS really early days where it was like half, it was like, it's kind of a SSG, but not really. You could still write queries. You could still do, you know, it was still, there was still some PHP involved, I think. So I don't think you could deploy it totally serverless. Yeah, it was like a, a PHP app that read your static files kind of. File system. Like, yeah. yeah. So it was clever and it had lots of big fans and they're still at it. And um, Kirby 3.5, he says, brought a, an API to the party, which could be pretty cool. Um, of course, you know, mm-hmm. anybody mm-hmm. that says we have an API now is usually met with clapping. Uh, and Gutenberg-like layouts, I meaning I'm sure they brought the block editor to p- perhaps some kind of, I don't know, flat file production service or something. 3.6 has enhancements to that block formatting stuff. So pretty cool. Worth checking out. GetKirby.com is the URL for Kirby. Yeah, I was going to say Bastion was on episode 135 uh, <laughs> in 2014. So, and V2 was Whoa. just about to come out. And now they're on 3.6, I think. So there you go. Yeah, nice march forward for that. I like to see apps that, you know. Stand the test of time. Well, and that's that's it too. Is back then it was pretty new. There are a lot of competitors in the kind of like let's rethink CMS space, but none were mature. And so now it's actually it would be kind of cool to revisit it just because now it's mature. And, and like we've gone through a whole static site generator era too. And so, you know, I mean, maybe this does it fit into that or no, or is it better than that? You know, that's the question, you know, so um, very interesting because I, I just there's it's got a beautiful UI. And I think that's it, too, is like how do you, ultimate cheat code, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's like it's kind of back to the like the like VS pros, which whoever sent that in is a genius. The idea, my idea for like a code editor for content editors, you know, like VS pros, VS pros. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, I love it now. It's beautiful. Uh the uh I think that was David Darns. I'm gonna say that was David mm. David Darns. Um you know, Kirby kinda has that. It's a very good UI over a little bit of a static vibe. So maybe that's the choice. Maybe that's the, the thing you pull, the trigger you pull. So yeah, perhaps it is. Um yeah, right on, right on. God, there's already so much things to talk about, but maybe we just have a uh, shortish one this week that works for me thanks so much but, but do but do do write in and they don't have to be questions remember they can just be topics if you want like pierre did there with with with, with kirby happy to do shout outs where appropriate and just bring conversation around particular things you know front end back end where you know we're versatile these days we'll talk about it uh all right well we'll wrap it up thanks dear listener for downloading this in your podcast or choice. Be sure to start our favorite up. Uh, that's how people find out about the show. Follow us on uh, Twitter at shop talk show for 16 tweets a month. And uh, we have a new, 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 
Shop Talk Show YouTube. So so go to that. Uh, uh, indeed we it's do. our own channel. Uh, it's got all the videos of our videos. And um, so go check it out. Um, it's oh, There will be a link because we don't quite uh, – we have to like 30 days and then we'll get like the official one. Uh, but just – What should we do? I guess we should just try to get Shop Talk if we can, but we'll never we'll get never that. We'll never get right? that because it's probably, probably some like it, – it's like a – marketing peer-to-peer marketing thing or something so anyway hopefully one day we'll get it uh but we could probably we'll 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 get a cool Mm -hmm. one it'll be Mm -hmm. good um and then Mm -hmm. um the uh yeah and then of course uh send us your questions and join the discord patreon.com slash shop talk show chris you got anything else you'd like to say shop talk show.com